0: In today's brief, we'll talk about an injured soldier, F-16s, and Russia repurposing a 2,500-year-old city. I'm Linnea, and today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief Podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that on August 8th, Russia lost an incredible 820 troops, 12 armored vehicles, 17 artillery systems, two multiple launch rocket systems, or MLRS, and an anti-aircraft system. On August 9th, Russia lost another 580 personnel, 16 tanks, 13 armored vehicles, 15 artillery systems, and a helicopter. Russian forces are clearly suffering significant losses in personnel, weapons, and equipment, but continue to put up strong resistance, moving troops and actively using their reserve. In the eastern theater of operations, Russia seems to have made the Kupiansk front their primary offensive focus, according to commander of the ground forces of the AFU Alexander Sirsky, with eight Storm Z assault units in the area, and some positions changing hands multiple times over the past few days. Russian forces reportedly attempted to advance from the Novoselivskie area and encircle some of Ukraine's defensive units, but were unsuccessful. Sirsky's statement is, however, further confirmation that Ukrainian forces lost control of Novoselivskie late last week. Serhiy Cherevaty, Operational Command East spokesperson, reported that Ukrainian artillery in the Bakhmut area has been overwhelming Russian artillery in both quality and accuracy, helping them to retain the initiative. In the southern theater of operations, Ukrainian forces have had partial success near Urozhaine and Priutne on the border between Donetsk and Zaporizhia oblasts, gaining more ground and solidifying their existing positions. Ukrainian forces advanced further on the Robotne axis south of Orychiv, reaching Russia's main defensive lines. Multiple Russian mill bloggers have reported that Ukrainian forces crossed Russian defensive lines in Kherson Oblast after a raid across the Dnipro River near Kozachy-Lakhiri, according to the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, report on August 8. Russian-appointed head of the Occupation Administration, Vladimir Saldo, downplayed the reports and claimed that Russian artillery forced Ukrainian boats to retreat and abandon the landing and the GSAFU hasn't confirmed an advance in the area. In the Black Sea operational area, the Ukrainian Navy has announced the creation of temporary merchant corridors for trade vessels heading to and from Ukrainian ports. The International Marine Organization called on Russia to follow international sea conventions and cease its threats to merchant shipping in the Black Sea. The Russian Armed Forces uses civilian vessels for military purposes, according to Andriy Klemenko head of the Institute for Black Sea Strategic Studies. The Sieg merchant tanker that was damaged near the Kerch Strait a few days ago was carrying fuel and oil products for the Russian Navy. Quick sidebar, Russia has concentrated transport of its supplies to Crimea to road and rail since the Crimean Bridge opened in May 2018, and from that point on, Crimean ports have been almost exclusively used for the transport of stolen Ukrainian grain and military cargo to Russian forces in Syria. Since February 2022, however, especially since Ukraine's repeated strikes on the Kerch Bridge, Russia has had to get a little creative, using civilian craft to make up for a lack of military vessels. Moving on to the home front, the Ukrainian Security Service, or SBU, reported on August 8th, that special forces thwarted a Russian effort to hack military combat information systems using Ukrainian tablets captured on the battlefield. A woman in Zhitomir Oblast was detained for spying, according to the prosecutor's office, on August ninth. The woman is believed to have provided Russian military intelligence with information that was used to launch missile strikes. We were contacted by a volunteer serviceman of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, Anton who was injured while at his post in Vylykanovosilka on April 14, 2023. He was hit by shrapnel from a tank munition that struck nearby. He didn't lose consciousness, but was laying on the ground losing blood for four hours while waiting for help. Because the radios had been scattered due to the explosion, his brothers-in-arms had to carry him three kilometers to the point of evacuation. He was brought into the medical unit at Petropavlivske, where he had multiple surgeries due to his rough condition. He now has a metal plate in his arm, and nerves in his leg have been, quote, ripped out, so he has no sensation below the knee. Doctors also had to remove half of his lung due to a piece of shrapnel. Because he's a volunteer and not a conscript, as a volunteer, the Ukrainian government isn't financially responsible for his care. His weekly medication costs are about 3,500 hryvnia. that's a little under $100, and in September, he'll be going to a rehabilitation facility in the Carpathians. Doctors estimate he'll need five to six months of rehabilitation in the best-case scenario, which will cost around $1,200. U.S. He's asked his friends and family for help, and they've given what they can, but now he's running out of options. Anton hopes to return to service on the front if he can complete his rehabilitation and get medical clearance. We were surprised to learn that while it's provided for mobilized personnel, the Ukrainian government isn't providing health care or rehabilitation for wounded volunteers, which honestly could be a reason the number of volunteers has been declining in recent months. We would like to do what we can to contribute to Anton's care, so we're including his information in the description, and ask that if you are able, please consider contributing via his PayPal. He also has a Monobank jar for those of you familiar with the platform. There are a lot of scammers out there, so be assured that Anton has been vetted by our organization and has done previous interviews with Ukrainian media. We are more than confident in his credibility and the legitimacy of his need. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. Moving on to the temporarily occupied territories. Ukrainian forces struck a Russian control point in occupied Novokohovka on the left bank of the Dnipro River in Kherson Oblast. Russian forces are disturbing yet another UNESCO World Heritage Site, this time in southwestern Crimea. Khersones Tavria is an ancient Byzantine city-state founded in the 5th century BC, and according to the Union of Architects of Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, is building an amphitheater on the site, saying, quote, they continue construction work to create a so-called historical archaeological park through the destruction of the cultural and archaeological landscape, end quote. Speaking of incredible mistakes, let's talk about the Russian Federation and effectively occupied Belarus. A massive explosion was reported at the Zagorsk Optical and Mechanical Plant in Sergiev Posad, northeast of Moscow, injuring 25 people. According to Russian state media outlet TASS, the explosion was caused by, quote, human error and started in a pyrotechnics warehouse. The plant reportedly develops and manufactures optical and optoelectrical devices for the military, law enforcement, and health Quick assessment? It sounds a little like the site was being used to house and or manufacture something other than optical devices. Russian air defense reportedly shot down two drones near the outskirts of Moscow on the night of August 9th. No damage or casualties were reported. Also on August 9th, the town of Bila in Bryansk Oblast, that's near the border with Ukraine, was damaged by shelling. Bryansk Governor Alexander Bagamaz alleged that the shelling had been carried out by Ukrainian forces. Some Russian Internet users are experiencing technical problems with VPN services recently primarily in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and Volgograd. Some experts believe Russian authorities are blocking the services, affecting mainly mobile platforms. Starting on September 1st, Yandex will begin sharing taxi ride data with the Russian Security Service, or FSB, both inside and outside of Russia, in accordance with a new Russian law. The Yandex-owned ride-sharing and delivery app Yango, also called Yandex Go!, is available in more than 20 countries in addition to Russia. Let's talk about the news worldwide. The ISW implied in their August 8th report that diplomatic relations between China and Russia have cooled somewhat, as evidenced by a recent discussion between Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, which were described by the Chinese ministry as, quote, an exchange of views. End quote. The ISW assesses that the Kremlin could be losing patience with China's efforts to advance its peace proposal internationally, and China doesn't seem to want the no-limits partnership Russia seeks. Let's talk military tech. Germany reports that its government has provided Ukraine with another military aid package, which includes Patriot Air Defense launchers, Bandwagen 206 tracked all-terrain vehicles, 8x8 HX81 truck tractor trains and semi-trailers, 8x6 load handling trucks, and border protection vehicles. Also in the package are 155mm rounds of smoke ammunition, material for explosive ordnance disposal, vector reconnaissance drones, 1MG5 machine guns, binoculars, safety glasses, and 40,000 first aid kits. United States President Joe Biden, quote, has given the green light, end quote, for Ukrainian pilots to start training on F-16 fighter jets, according to Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh, who added that Denmark and the Netherlands will be, quote, taking the lead on training. The start of training has, however, been postponed to September, according to Ukrainian Air Force spokesperson Colonel Yuri Ithnat, Pilots will reportedly be grouped according to their experience, with those who have substantial flight hours and experience to undergo immediate training on F-16 aircraft, while less experienced aviators will undergo foundational training in countries like the United Kingdom first. Swedish company SatCube reports it will send around 100 portable satellite internet terminals to Ukraine, funded by aid from Germany bolstering Ukraine's internet connectivity in the field in addition to the Starlink terminals that are already being used. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then... Stay safe, everyone. The Povachinya.